You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the business and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, we're going to talk to Kelly Zaytunian, DVM, MBA, CERP, about maternity and family policies. I'm your host, Kim Brown, editor of Equa Management. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you in 2023 by Care Credit. Dr. Kelly Zaytunian is the owner of Starwood Equine Veterinary Service and Starwood Veterinary Consulting. She earned her doctorate of veterinary medicine from the Virginia, Maryland Regional College of Veterinary Medicine in 2009. Dr. Zaytunian is a member of the American Association of Equine Practitioners and is also on the board of directors of the Northern California Association of Equine Practitioners. She has obtained her Equine Rehabilitation Certificate Program, or CERP, certification. Welcome, Dr. Zaytunian. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Well, we really appreciate you joining us. I know we had have had you on here a couple of times, and uh, I know you're back at work now from your maternity leave, and we really would like to draw on your experiences for this podcast. So let's talk about, as a practice owner, how did your practice create a pregnancy and maternity leave policy? <laughs> well, we sort of fell into it. And, um, and I think that's really important for people to hear because you kind of start to worry like, we don't have something. Oh my gosh, we're so far behind the times. I didn't have one either. Um, <laughs> we, we fell into it as one of my associates um, became pregnant and came to me, you know, wanting to develop a plan that really honored the time off that she knew that she needed. Um, it was her second child, so she had a better idea. And um, she had really done the homework of knowing, you know, what, what she needed, what uh, additional support she could get from the state, et cetera. And, um, and from that, we worked together to, to make sure we were able to get her the time off that she was looking for while also honoring, you know, what it would mean for the practice and for the other veterinarians that, uh, remained filling in for her. Yeah. And so what does your practice look, what, what does your I guess the the policies look like. And, and again, I want to tell our audience, Dr. Zaytunian is not offering legal advice. She's not trying to tell you how you should conduct your own business. We just wanted to talk to her about how they did it. And it has worked pretty successfully for them. So, Ann, what did it look like for you uh, in your practice? Sure. Yeah, thank you for, for putting that caveat in there because um, it will be different for everyone. Our practice offers uh, three months or 12 weeks, I should say, of unpaid maternity leave um, or paid family, unpaid family leave. Uh, And the way that we came up with that policy was essentially looking at what the state of California provides from a, a pregnancy disability benefit perspective, and then also the additional support that they offer with paid family leave. And California, I will say, is quite generous in their support. Uh, It's one of the reasons why we pay the taxes that we do. Uh, But it it does provide for um, three months, really, of significant support. So that that kind of made sense. Um, 
for being able to say somebody can take off while they're not being paid during that time. They, they will still be you know, sort of earning the support that they need to pay their bills and, and not feel uh, any sort of stress by being out of work. And then it doesn't create a financial burden to the practice of not having somebody there producing revenue. And it opens up the ability to use that salary to hire additional tech support to give everybody else the help that they need or hire a relief veterinarian for that time. Um, So for us, 12 weeks. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget-friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care a horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. Well, that's that sounds wonderful. And that's good. I mean, that was a good note to say, hey, know what your state and other things offer. So for in your case and, and in the case of your associate, what were the changes in work type and schedule? We really let that be driven by the individual veterinarians. And so uh, I made it very clear. I've made it very clear anytime, you know, someone's been pregnant is tell us, tell the office who's scheduling what you are comfortable or uncomfortable having on, on the books. And when do you feel like it's no longer appropriate for you to be going and seeing the emergencies in the middle of the night? And when, don't you want to be, you know, bending over and suturing, you know, a lower limb or doing coffin joint injections or flexing horses, whatever the case may be. It really was driven by, um, it's been driven by the veterinarian. And um, I think one of the other things that we try to do, again, to kind of keep in mind that as the pregnancy moved along, it's less and less likely that we're going to be comfortable doing everything. Um, We try to front load emergency coverage. So before I went out on maternity leave, I tried to pick up um, each week some shifts from the other veterinarians who would then be, you know, I was paying it forward essentially because they were going to be covering for Mm -hmm. me. I took a couple extra weekends. I took extra weekdays when I was still you know, ready to do it and had the energy and knowing that they would be covering for me while I was out. So that was really, I think, really helpful for people to get a little bit of relief up front, um, knowing that they would be busier while I was out. And and the same for the other veterinarians that, that have been out on maternity leave. Yeah. And so, I mean, what about, I mean, let's talk, you know, your example. Let's let's kind of colleague to colleague here. So what did you see that you had to change and where was your comfort level? I am, I'm lucky to say I, uh, I stayed pretty small. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't really feel pregnant for um, really up until probably the last month. And it felt better for me to be out moving around than it did to be um, at home doing office work. So, you know, that's maybe not the norm. But uh, so, you know, I um, I I was still out seeing appointments. I mean, I was covering emergencies the Friday before my scheduled C-section on a Wednesday because I just felt fine doing it. Um, But I also know that a large 
reason that I was able to keep working and felt very comfortable and safe, really safe being the keyword, is um, that I had a lot of technician support and assistant support. We doubled up my schedule so that I oftentimes had two assistants working with me. So that, you know, any x-rays that needed to be taken, I didn't have to take and didn't have to be anywhere nearby. Um, I remember one day bending over to do coffin joint injections and then thinking to myself, I don't know if I can get back up. <laughs> um, and so that's when I decided that I should no longer be scheduled for those those appointments. But I was able to still do the lameness exams and maintenance exams and have my assistants doing some flexion tests. And then we just bumped the procedure portion of it over to another doctor's schedule. So I could still help and still feel like I was out there, um, you know, seeing the clients and taking care of people without unnecessarily putting myself um, at, at any sort of undue risk, any more than the usual day in the life of an equine practitioner. Oh, goodness. So um, when, when you as the person using this policy, how did you feel like it worked for you as the veterinarian? For me, it, it worked great. Um, I, I felt confident that when I was out that I had sort of paid it forward, like I said before, with the emergency coverage, I wasn't feeling guilty. I mean, I was still feeling a little bit of guilt because you're out and um, but I wasn't feeling as guilty that I left my team members the burden of this additional coverage. And I also knew that, you know, again, we had the technicians and the additional assistant support to really fill in some of those gaps. Uh, and then from the personal side of things, um, being prepared and knowing that this time was going to be unpaid, but I had these other you know, opportunities or assistance uh, relieved that portion of the stress. So really the new stress became how to keep a small being alive and figure <laughs> out a sleep schedule and, and do all of those other things. And that's, you know, I would have never known and anybody just telling me that it's so important to have that time. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay. But really, you have to be in the thick of it to, and really out of, out on the other side of it to appreciate and understand just how important that time is. And um, I feel very thankful that I, I was given that time with the support of my entire team. Oh, that that's that's really great, and that's a a nice way to to think about that. So, what would you suggest? To other practices, if if a colleague comes up to you at AAP this year and says, "Hey, what should we do to create a pregnancy and maternity leave policy?" What were the points that you might make to them? Sure, um, the first one would certainly be check with a lawyer or you know HR within your state to know what you are required to do, and then take the next step of considering, you know, what is the financial burden to the practice, of course, but also to the loyal workers that are going to come to you and say that they need this maternity leave, you know, allowing your associates and even your support team to be comfortable in making those family plans and next steps and knowing that they will be supported by their team. Um, in my mind, 
it just makes for a healthier practice and more loyal employees who feel supported and will come back, you know, healthier and better than ever ready, you know, ready to be back a part of the team. Um, and, and really like be prepared with a plan because new associates and new hires are asking for it. Yeah. Um, also I would say, you know, we, we can't, this is a piece of legal advice. You can't ask people if they plan on having kids, right? but, um, I, I do know that much. Um, but you can educate your employees on the benefits of short-term disability options, which, you know, require that you are not pregnant when you sign up for it. Um, but do help to fill in that gap of the unpaid leave. And also educating them on, you know, what the options are, what support they can receive from the state, because I didn't know until I was pregnant and went to my uh, OBGYN and they started educating me. So, you know, help people to feel comfortable that they can make those make those decisions. And then I would also add in, don't forget paternity leave. You know, it is super important for fathers, partners to have the time to bond with their child and, and really to support their partner. Um, that was one of the biggest helps for me was having my husband, you know, around and available and part of um, some of the magical moments and some of the terrible moments. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's just as important that we offer that time for our dads as well. Well, that is some really good tips. And is there anything else that that you can add, just whether you're the practice owner or the person that's going to be taking off on leave, just anything else you can think of? Sure. I think the other thing I would add would be the return to work and just those considerations. You know, it's easy to say at the 12-week mark, I'm going to hit the ground running and I'm going to be back to it. And I certainly learned that that is not easily the case. Uh, And so being prepared for the unpredictability of, you know, finding child care, having a child who's healthy, all of the above. Uh, I think the more that we can be open to alternative work schedules and more flexible hours and letting the person going out on leave know that those are available to them. And also the other teammates who are holding down the fort and thinking somebody's coming back on this exact day. It's good to manage those expectations and let everybody know that might change a little bit. And um, I think the more that we can be open to that, the less, that we will have people just leaving and not coming back at all because they don't feel that they're supported or don't have opportunities to do something, you know, in a more part-time fashion that supports parenthood and practice. And that's probably a, a, probably a great tip for a lot of practice owners who in, in the past and maybe still are saying, oh my gosh, you know, I gave the person the leave and they took off and then it was time to come back. They said, nope, I'm not coming back. So I, I think the support, the the nature of being able to be flexible, that really sounds like that might address a lot of those types of problems. I think so. And, you know, as I said, I, I've experienced it and was that person who wasn't ready to come back full time after the 12 weeks. So um, I think it's, it's super important to have some flexibility for everyone. Yeah, that's a great, great 
thought there. And so thank you very much, Dr. Zaytuni. And I know this was a, a personal issue, but I think it's a it's a nice way to look at it and maybe get some other people thinking this isn't as scary as some people think. I mean, this is just part of our world today. And I just wanted to thank you for being on here and sharing with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. And we thank our audience for listening to the Business of Practice podcast. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Care Credit, for letting us have the space to have these conversations. And we invite you to visit equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network to hear all of these episodes of the Business of Practice. And if you have any questions or suggestions, contact me. Send me an email to kbrown, that's the letter kbrown, at equinenetwork.com. 